Welcome to Retire to a Life You Love with Michelle Gessner from Gessner Wealth Strategies. We inspire executives, professionals, and business-savvy women to better their finances and overcome the financial stresses of life. We do all of this by giving the advice you need to identify your goals and the confidence to achieve them so you can retire to a life you love. Join us for this journey where we explore ways to win financially as Michelle draws from years of expertise and talks with today's top business minds about their wins, failures, and best practices. Welcome to Retire to a Life You Love with your host, Michelle Gessner. I'm Wendy McConnell. Hi, Michelle. How are you? Hi, Wendy. I'm good. How are you? I'm good. I hear it's a little little hot where you are, right? Oh, now. It's already getting hot. Yep. Here we are. It's going to be a hot summer. Yeah. Well, in Texas, everything's hot. Yes, oh, it is. Texas, everything is big, but hot. Everything's big and hot. That's right. <laughs> so we have a guest today. Yes, we do. And I'm very excited about our guest today. Um, so I'm going to, I'm going to introduce her first and then we're just going to, we're just going to talk about some things that people want to know about, which is our favorite subject taxes and how it affects you and with a little more precision because today's guest is Sarah Brenner and she is a tax attorney. So she knows what she's talking about. And not only is she a tax attorney, but she's an educator. She is the advisor's advisor. A uh, little bit of background about Sarah. She is a contributing writer and editor for Ed Slot's IRA advisor newsletter. So many of you know who Ed Slot is. He's a bit of a celebrity CPA. Um, he's got a show. He's quoted all the time in different uh, national newspapers. So Sarah is, she, she writes for several areas of the company's website, which is uh, www.irahelp.com, which I encourage our listeners to visit. Uh, she's a valuable resource for the members of the Ed Slot uh, Elite Advisor Group, which I'm a member of. She's our back office, she and her team. When we have a complex tax question about IRA niche law, we go to Sarah. She's She's got it down. Um, and she's also been a contributing writer for many IRA texts, articles, and training manuals. She's been quoted in national financial and tax publications, such as the New York Times, USA Today, the Wall Street Journal, the Philadelphia Inquirer, and the CCH IRA Guide. So without further ado, welcome, Sarah Brenner. Thank you, Michelle. It's great to be here today with you. Well, I am very excited. We we just uh, love that we have you to to help answer some of the most pressing questions we have that come across uh, our desks and and clients want to know. Uh, so, gosh, um, I'm going to just fire away if that's okay with you. That that sounds good. I know we got a lot to talk about. We do, we do. All right. So, I know that you work with financial advisors all over the nation. And these are folks that come to you with their clients' most pressing retirement and tax planning questions and problems. And I also know that the public often overestimates their own ability to do their financial planning and investment management without help. They overestimate the information they think they find uh, accurate on the internet, and they may underestimate the value that they may get from professionals, comprehensive financial planners and advisors. Can you give our listeners an example or two 
of how you have counseled, um, how advisors you have counseled have, have really helped a client or two avoid some of the financial and tax planning mistakes or traps that they may have made? Sure, Michelle. There, there have been so many examples over the years of people overestimating their knowledge of the complex rules that uh, retirement accounts are subject to. Um, j- just a few that have come up in the past week in, in my conversations with advisors. Um, th- there was one situation we had um, just, just a few days ago where um, an individual, he had inherited his brother's IRA, big IRA, um, almost, almost a million dollars. Um, and he was a big do-it-yourselfer. He really did not want to um, get any advice at all. He, he thought, you know, he knew the rules. So he wanted to um, change investments um, for the inherited IRA, which which you absolutely can do. And he wanted to change the investments by moving the inherited IRA from one custodian to another. So his plan was to take a distribution from the inherited IRA, take it all out, and then put it into a new inherited IRA somewhere else. Now, that may sound fine, but the issue here is with inherited IRAs, if you're a non-spouse beneficiary, you can't do a rollover. You can't have the funds be distributed to you and then put them into a new inherited IRA. That just doesn't work. You can change investments, but you got to do it the right way. You got to go with the direct transfer from one inherited IRA to a new inherited IRA. Um, Fortunately, his wife um, did convince him to consult with an advisor who told him, you know, pump the brakes, pump the brakes. You can do what you want to do, but you got to do it the, the right way. Um, So I think that's a great example of how having um, a little bit of knowledge can be dangerous. You know, he knew he could change investments, but he didn't know exactly how to do it. Um, Another situation we had, um, a lot of churn out there um, in the economy, a lot of people losing jobs, changing jobs. We had a case a couple days ago where somebody was taking early retirement from work. They were 56 years old. If they took the distribution from the plan, they would be eligible for an exception to the 10% early distribution penalty. However, what they were considering doing was moving the money to their IRA and then taking the distribution. Oh, no. Yeah, yeah. If if they did that, if they took the money from the plan to the IRA, they would lose the ability to use that exception to the 10% penalty. And again, um, fortunately, they did talk to an advisor and an advisor, the advisor was able to steer them in the right direction saying, hey, if you want to take advantage of that exception, you got to pull the money directly from the plan. You can't put it into an IRA and then take a distribution. If you do that, you're going to pay an unnecessary penalty. So, so those are just two of the many situations oh my gosh. That, I'm sh- that, that I've seen over the years. And I will say, having attended several of your classes over the years, you have pointed out some examples where it doesn't have a happy ending, where they didn't speak to an advisor and they incurred some big, huge tax events and penalties and I was just sitting here thinking, oh my gosh, 
how much money did that cost this poor person that just didn't know? Um, so yeah, there, there's just a lot of nuance that I have found. Even my my local CPA does not know. They come to us sometimes to ask questions that we then go to you for answers. Yeah, it's really hard to keep track of all of the different rules that impact re- retirement accounts. Um, there's the tax code, there's regulations. And over the past few years, we've had so many changes. So even, you know, good CPAs, um, you know, good, good attorneys who really, you know, know what they're doing, that th- there's a lot, the devil's in the details and there's, sure. there's a lot that can be be missed. I'm wondering um, real quick, Mm -hmm. why are there so many changes? Is it it because, you know, the politics where that people get voted in and voted out? Or is it just something that they're just constantly updating to make it better? (laughs) Yeah, there there are always changes. I I think a lot of it goes back to the fact that there's a concern that um, a lot of Americans are not saving enough for retirement. So Congress, they they try and do something about it. So 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 they pass laws, and then after they pass laws, we have regulations as the IRS has to step in and fill in the gaps. And over the past couple of years, we've seen um, the Secure Act that that happened um, back at the end of 2019. Um, we've seen proposed Secure Act regulations from the IRS, hundreds of pages of regulations. Um, we've seen um, new life expectancy charts come out of the IRS, um, and we've seen Secure 2.0 that was just passed at the end of 2022, um, a, a ginormous um, tax law, hun- hundreds and hundreds of pages full of you know all sorts of rules that impact retirement accounts. So th- there's always changes, but for um, you know a whole bunch of reasons, we've seen a, a whole lot more than more than usual number of changes just in the past couple of years. And I want our listeners to know that those hundreds and hundreds of pages you just referred to for the Secure Act 2.0, Sarah Brenner read them all. Did you not, Sarah? You read I, them. I, I did. Yeah, yeah. It's, it sounds like a good time, right? A little late beach reading. We we uh, did. We went through the statute line by line. You know, we spent hours, you know, going through it, um, analyzing the different provisions. You know, that that that's what we do. That's it, it's actually like kind of fun for us. <laughs> okay, it it's kind of fun for you. I don't think anyone else would see that as fun, but but that's what you. That's why you're such an expert and. There are there's a there was a lot of confusion with the Secure Act 2.0 because there were things that that conflicted with each other clauses that conflicted and or it was just kind of subject to different interpretations. So I know you had your work cut out for you when that legislation passed. Um, yeah, yeah, we were still recovering from um, the Secure Act, which was effective in 2020 because the Secure Act, you know, really overhauled the rules for um, retirement accounts, particularly inherited retirement accounts. So we we were still kind of recovering from uh, the SECURE Act when all of a sudden the son of SECURE, SECURE 2.0, arrived at the very end of um, 2022. Funny story about SECURE 2.0. Um, Congress, they're they're horrible. They they can't get anything done in a timely manner. They wait until the last minute. Um, And you never know. You never know. They pass these giant omnibus bills. And sometimes retirement account provisions make their way in there. And sometimes they don't. With Secure 2.0, 
Um, the, the bill did make its way into the giant appropriations bill that was passed at the end of the year. Congress, they got it done. They hurried out of town. I, th I think there was like bad weather bearing down on D.C., um, and by the time they got it passed, the president had already left town for vacation. He was headed off to St. Croix. So they put this giant bill on an airplane. Apparently, it flew commercial to St. Croix and the president signed it into law. Oh, my gosh. Um, yeah. So crazy story behind Secure 2.0. Secure 2.0, son of Secure. It's not quite the Secure Act. It's not um, a complete overall. What it is, is many little provisions, a lot of tweaking around the edges, um, so not anything revolutionary, but a lot of small changes that will help people. Um, and what adds to the confusion is um, there's a whole bunch of different effective dates with Secure 2.0. So some of these provisions are effective immediately, but not all. Um, over the next couple of years, different provisions will become effective. Some aren't going to be effective until like 10 years down the road. Which is why it's so confusing. And yes. uh, you've got some job security on that. Um <laughs> So can you talk I, a little bit? I can bit. thank Congress for my job security. Oh, yeah. No, and Congress the IRS, <laughs> they've done their part too. <laughs> and, and you will never have to worry that uh, things will be clear and understandable because they just aren't. Um, no, so it's funny. They always <laughs> promise, oh, this this tax law, you know, we're going to pass this and it's going to make things easier. It's going to simplify. And, and somehow it never works out that way. Oh, it just doesn't. Yeah. So, so what I want to ask you about, which I'm sure the listeners would love to hear, is can you can you touch on what you're hearing the most about with regard to the changes from the Secure Act 2.0, the most frequently asked questions that you get? Yeah, sure. Um, there's over 90 provisions that affect retirement accounts um, in Secure 2.0. As I mentioned a little earlier, it's not a game changer, but there are many small changes um, that, that can be helpful. Um, one of the changes that we're getting a lot of questions on is the delayed age um, for starting RMDs. Your, your listeners are probably aware of this. It's the deal you make with the devil. Um, if you contribute to um, an IRA, you put money in your 401k plan, once you reach retirement age, you're going to have to start taking money out. You have to take what we call um, an RMD, a required minimum distribution. For years and years, um, RMDs had to start at age 70 and a half. I, I don't know why 70 and a half. It was <laughs> 70 and a half for many, many years. Kind of an odd choice, right? Not mm -hmm. 70, not 71, 70 and a half. So we had 70 and a half. Then Secure Act, that bumped the age back to 72. Now Secure 2.0 is bumping the age to 73. And one of the, the questions we've been getting a lot is, you know, what happens um, to those people who were 72 last year before Secure 2.0. They're 73 this year. Can they delay RMDs? And the answer is no. They are under the old rule. So if you were 72 last year, unfortunately, Secure 2.0 isn't going to help you. So we've been getting a lot of questions. Um, you know, it's, it's, it's confusing for people um, exactly when RMDs need to start um, after Secure 2.0. Hi, it's Michelle. Do you want some more information about some of the topics we've been discussing? I've got good news. After teaching in-person classes on retirement planning for years at local community colleges, 
I've put together some webinars you can listen to in the comfort of your own home on various topics such as estate planning, avoiding tax pitfalls in retirement, and various other topics. Reach out to us for the webinar replays and we would be happy to send them to you. You can find all of my contact information, including my social channels in today's show notes. Now let's get back to today's episode. Um, the, the other um, provision we've been getting a ton of questions on, um, a lot of new exceptions to the, the 10% early distribution penalty, a few that are effective this year, some that are effective next year, and then over the next few years, more will phase in. Um, it looks like Congress is realizing um, that, you know, sometimes people just don't have a choice. Um, they're in bad situations. They need to tap their retirement account early. So what we're seeing is more and more exceptions to the 10% early distribution penalty that normally applies if you touch your um, retirement funds prior to 59 and a half. They're kind of adding adding to the list, um, shall we say. Well, I guess that's good. You know, that helps people. Uh, yeah, I it's always... good and it's bad. Um, it's, it's nice that people have access to their funds because for a lot of Americans, you know, that is where they have the most money. So that, that part is good. Um, the bad part is every dollar you touch now, you don't have um, when you retire. So th there's definitely two two sides there. Yeah, yeah. What about 529 plans? I know there's a lot of confusion about yeah, that. Yeah, yeah. This is a really interesting provision. We've been getting um, a bunch of questions on, on this provision. Um, starting next year, so not this year, but next year, um, Secure 2.0 will allow people to roll money over um, from a 529 plan to a Roth IRA. Now, when I say when I say that people get all excited and they think, you know, wow, this is amazing. I can just clear out the 529 plan, put it all into a Roth. It, it's really not that easy. Um, there, there are some limitations. Um, the idea, I think, is that it's designed to help people um, who put money into a 529 plan. They're trying to do the right thing to save for their child's education. And, you know, maybe the child gets a scholarship. Um, you know, maybe they don't need all the money in that 529 plan. W what are you going to do with it? You can roll it over um, to another family member, but what if it's an only child? You know, what do you do with that money? Now, what you can do is you can move that money to a Roth IRA for the child. Um, you are limited um, to the annual contribution limit. So for 2023, for example, it's um, $6,500. So each year you can um, roll over up to that limit for a grand total of $35,000 um, over the years. And what's nice about this provision is the normal income limits that apply to Roth contributions, mm -hmm. those don't apply. I was so just going to ask you, know, you about that. If the child has graduated, they're doing pretty well and their income is too high, so they couldn't make those normal Roth contributions. As long as they have earned income under this provision, you could. You could move the money from the 529, get it into get it into the Roth. And of course, a Roth is, is a great thing for a young person. That's, a, that's a, actually a really big benefit that I just want to emphasize to our listeners, make sure to have caught what you just said. You know, a lot of people can't qualify to put money into a Roth IRA because they they have too much income, um, which I guess is a, a good problem to have, but it's still a problem. So what you just said is that this new provision that allows people to roll over 
money that's in a 529 that's unused for whatever reason, they can put that into a Roth IRA. As long as they have earned income, they don't have to worry about income limits. Is that what you are saying? Yeah. Yeah. Now you have to put it into a Roth IRA um, for the, the beneficiary because you know, some people have, have been saying, I've heard it said, oh, could you put it into your own Roth IRA as the parent? No, you, you couldn't do that. It has to go into a Roth IRA for the beneficiary. So for the child, um, but the, the big benefit, um, you, you nailed it, Michelle, is you avoid um, those um, pesky I- income limits. It, th- this would enable, you know, a, a graduate, young graduate who's, you know, fair, fairly successful and making decent money to still be able to, to fund um, the, the Roth IRA. Um, now, we talk a lot about the backdoor Roth where you you, film, you you fund the traditional IRA and then you convert it. So that's another way to get around the income limits. Um, right. But th- this is easier. This is, you know, kind of a cleaner way to do it. So oh, it's, sure. it's, it's a good tool. So I want to ask you about something that I hear a lot. I, I hear this in my in my office. People will ask me if I think that Congress is going to remove the benefits of Roth IRA accounts or Roth conversion, just Roth, anything Roth, and just shut those down in the future. People sometimes worry about that. Can you give your opinion about whether or not you see that happening and what the trends are that you're seeing? I feel pretty comfortable in saying that Roths are going to stick around. Um, we, we talk a lot about um, Rothification or um, Rothomania. I, I feel like Roths are, are bigger than ever. Um, If you look at Secure 2.0, there are a whole bunch of new Roth provisions. Um, There was some talk last year about um, limiting Roths, about putting income limits on conversions, um, not uh, allowing backdoor Roths. All of that went away. None of that made it into Secure 2.0. And I'll I'll tell you why. There's a really um, easy to understand reason why Congress loves Roths. Roths raise immediate revenue. The way Roths work, they are um, based on after-tax contributions. So Congress gets the revenue up front, and they love that. Um, If you look at Secure 2.0, all of the Roth stuff almost is in the revenue part of the law, the part that's, you know, raising the money to pay for everything else. So so Congress, Congress loves that. They love that they're getting this infusion of immediate revenue from Roth. They don't care that down the road, distributions from Roth IRAs are tax free and revenue will be lost. That is someone else's problem. Um, so they see Roths as a revenue generator. The, the trend is towards more Roths, um, not less. Um, okay. Secure 2.0 has brought us Roth employer contributions to plans, Roth SEP IRAs, Roth simple IRAs. I, I, I think the trend is only going to accelerate. Yeah. And and maybe um, that, well, that's good. That's good news. I think what people hate about the Secure Act is what they've done with these inherited IRAs and and taking away the stretch um, because that kind of seems like a bit of a tax grab to me anyway. I don't know. Do you feel the same? 
Yeah, yeah. Um, it, the, the, the stretch IRA was with us for years and years, um, and it was a great way to pass um, the, the, the uh, wealth in retirement accounts on to future generations. Um, you know, the concept was so easy. You name a younger person as the beneficiary of your IRA upon your death. They could stretch distributions from the inherited IRA out over their life expectancy. So it was a great um, way to minimize taxes, the, the stretch IRA. And you're exactly right, Michelle. You know, co Congress ha has had its eye on the stretch IRA for a while. And with the SECURE Act, you know, it was it was game over for the stretch IRA. For most beneficiaries, now what, what, what we see now is the stretch IRA being replaced with a 10-year rule. Um, and, and I got to tell you, that sounds really easy. Oh, just pay it out in 10 years. How hard can that be? Well, <laughs> you, you would be surprised. Nothing in the tax code is that easy. So there's all sorts of like intricacies and complications with exactly how that 10-year rule uh, works. But yeah, the, the, the government, Uncle Sam, they, they like it because that is a way of increasing tax revenue, doing away with the stretch. Yeah, makes makes it much more complicated and and uh and there's there's some there's some we're not going to talk about it today but there are some things you can do about that. It it there's there's lots of planning techniques that you can use to help in the situation that Sarah just talked about. But I know that we are limited on time. I I before we we wrap up Sarah, do you um can you talk about any retirement account tax breaks that are often missed. Yeah, yeah, it's it's amazing. There's a few that come to mind right away. I, I feel like we talk a lot about them. Um, I know my boss, Ed Slot, you know, he's out there, he's talking to retirees all the time and you know he's explaining these tax breaks and it's it's amazing. I feel like sometimes the word still hasn't gotten out. Um, one of them would be um, qualified charitable distributions, um, not for everyone, but for people who are charitably inclined. Um, now, um, a lot of retirees are using the standard deduction, so they're not getting a break when they contribute to charity. Um, you can do a QCD and you can get a tax break. Um, move your IRA funds directly to the, the charity. And, and you can do that even if you're using the standard deduction. QCD also is a way that you can satisfy your required minimum distribution. So if you don't need the money, you don't want the tax hit, the QCD can help there. I, I'm amazed how few um, retirees are taking advantage of, of QCDs because it's a great deal um, if you're going to be giving money to charity anyway. Oh yeah. We, we recommend that to a lot of our clients and they, they didn't know about it. So we, we add value there. Um, there's a lot of rules about that. I won't make you uh, list those out, but you have to do it right. And I would not encourage people to try to do that on their own without understanding what those rules are, because then you, you don't get the tax break you're looking for. Is that right? Sarah? That's right. That's right. We've dealt with the aftermath of failed QCDs and it's not <laughs> pretty. So you absolutely want to be sure that you have guidance, that, that you do it correctly. And timing matters. Um, there's a lot of, a lot of details um, that you need to get right with the QCD. So you absolutely want to get some um, educated advice before you go ahead and pull the trigger on a QCD. 
What other uh, little tax breaks can you think of that people miss besides a QCD? Um, and another one um, that people sometimes don't take full advantage of is what we call the sweet spot. Um, and that is um, the period between ages 59 and a half and age and 73. After age 59 and a half, you can take penalty-free distributions from your IRA. The 10% early distribution penalty no longer applies. Before age 73, you don't have to take required minimum distributions. So what you have is kind of a period where there are very few rules. You have a lot of flexibility. So this is a great time to do some creative planning because you're not locked into RMDs and you're not subject to early distribution penalties. So this is a great time to do some distribution planning, um, maybe some Roth conversions, You know, take money out of your taxable IRA on your own schedule, take advantage of historically low tax rates. So it's sort of an, an overlooked opportunity, I would say, the, the, the sweet spot we call it. Yeah, and, and that's where we perform some of our magic with, with the tax planning strategies. Um, that, that can help people avoid what Ed Slot calls the ticking tax bomb, right? That, that's right. It's a great time to do some Roth conversions, you know, move your money from pre-tax to, to, to after-tax. It's a good, good time to take advantage of that. Well, Sarah, this has been so helpful and we love that you uh, were able to, to join us today because you are the the IRA expert out there and uh, and and we love that we have access to you. Thank you yeah, so thank much. You, well, it's been it's been a pleasure speaking with you. I I know um, you're 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 very knowledgeable, and it's it's advisors like you um, that that pe people need to turn to in order to get all of the, these rules right. There, there there's a lot out there that can that can confuse people. Um, people make mistakes. They they need experts to guide them and make costly mistakes that we can help them avoid. Um, I know that you don't take direct calls from, uh, from, from the public, but is there, is there a way people can get more information, uh, that you want to mention? Yeah, absolutely. We have a website, um, www.irahelp.com. We'd invite you to um, please um, you know, visit. Um, we, we do a blog three times a week um, where we write about timely retirement related subjects. Um, we have a Q&A, um, lots of great information there. And I think you have a Facebook page as well. I think we can put that on yeah, our yeah, show Yeah, yeah, we're notes. all over social media. Um, you can follow us on Twitter. You can visit us on um, on Facebook, Instagram. We're, we're, we're everywhere. <laughs> Great. That's awesome. Well, thank you, Sarah. And Michelle, can you tell us how to get in touch with you? Yes, people can reach us at our website. We have all the contact information there. Easiest way to, to do it. GessnerWealthStrategies.com. Well, thank you so much. And thank you for joining us today. Please like, follow, and share this podcast with your friends. Until next time, I'm Wendy McConnell. Thank you for listening to Retire to a Life You Love with Michelle Gessner from Gessner Wealth Strategies. We hope you were inspired to take steps to your financial freedom as you learned new techniques and strategies for managing your finances. To learn more about how you can improve your financial landscape, 
visit our website at www.gessnerwealthstrategies.com. That's G-E-S-S-N-E-R wealthstrategies.com. Or give Michelle and her team a call at 713-589-6448. And don't forget to click the follow button below to be notified when new episodes are available. The information covered and posted represents the views and opinions of the guest and does not necessarily represent the views or opinions of Michelle Gessner or Gessner Wealth Strategies. The content has been made available for informational and educational purposes only and is not intended to be a substitute for professional investing advice. Always seek the advice of your financial advisor or other qualified financial service provider with any questions you may have regarding your investment planning.